What's up, guys? This is Danny Langloss. Today, we're going to take on a topic that's that's pretty important. We're going to talk about the great destroyers of cultures. Throughout my career, I've seen these things many times. At times, been victim to these things. At times, have watched leaders not address them and and watch the problems grow and grow. In my consulting business, I've worked with several companies, and 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 generally, when there's issues and problems, there's things that revolve around these things. What what are those great destroyers? They're jealousy, envy, gossip, backstabbing, speaking with bad intentions, right? These are some of the things that these people things that happen that that really destroy cultures. They're divisive, they're toxic to the environment. They make people feel like they don't belong. They decrease psychological safety, decrease productivity, decrease uh, teamwork, decrease morale, destroy engagement. So, so that's what we're going to talk about today on, on the podcast. What, what are some of the causes? Let's start with causes. What, what causes people to be jealous, envious, to gossip, to backstab, to speak with bad intentions? And, you know, Whenever there's a problem that we need to look at or we need to address, the first thing that I like to do, that we like to do in our leadership team is say, what part of the problem are we? What's happening within the organization um, that potentially is is causing negative feelings, um, it really underlying like a victim type mentality? And so some of those causes that can come from, from leadership and, and from culture are our fairness and consistency, our a, a feeling of injustice, lack of clear expectations, unrealistic expectations. Some of these things can come from low confidence, right? Some of these things can come from lack of recognition or appreciation. And sometimes it's just that we got the wrong person on our team. Sometimes people are just toxic, like to stir the pot, and, and, and really, instead of, you know, doing the work, uh, they want to take shots at the people doing the work. But one thing I would, I would challenge you to look at as we think about this is, you know, if you have somebody that came on your team and was a good team member, was a productive team member, um, really appeared to be aligned with your, your values, with your purpose, was a performer, and all of a sudden things have changed. And now um, they're, they're displaying some of these things, some of this jealousy or envy, some of this gossip or backstabbing, you know, speaking with bad intentions. We got to ask ourselves what, what changed when I became the police chief back in 2008 with the Dixon police department. I mean, our culture was fractured. Our culture was broken. You know, when I was appointed police chief, the mayor at the time, who I ended up becoming great friends with down the road, came out against my appointment. The union took a vote of no confidence, um, it, which narrowly failed 13 to 12. And, you know, when you look at a lot of the issues and a lot of the problems that had developed in the department, there were two camps, maybe three camps. There was a feeling that of, of favoritism, um, there was a huge issue with lack of accountability. There, there were there were people who were, you know, undermining a lot of the programs and things that were happening. You know, within the agency, you know, some of those things were community policing. 
you know, some of those things were the way that we engaged the media and took the media with us on drug raids and different things of that nature. Um, and, and some of it was just a feeling that certain people could do whatever they want. There was no accountability to them. There was a lack of, you know, recognition and appreciation. And so as I sat down and did one-on-one interviews after becoming police chief with every person on the department, one of the key things was fairness and consistency. And so we had an environment where there was a lot of gossip, where there was backstabbing, where there was jealousy and envy. But, but what it really came down to is we had good people. We just had failed leadership. And then we did have you know, some people within the agency that were intentionally you know, creating issues and problems that there, there hadn't been uh, accountability. So the reason I talk about this is because we got to identify what part of the problem am I? You know, after we did these one-on-one interviews, because we had this widespread culture issue, you know, I'd hope to step into these interviews and, you know, get, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, just some kind of a conversation under premise of one of my leadership laws, seek first to understand, then be understood. So I just ask questions and listen. And I tell you what, there, there wasn't a conversation that lasted less than two and a half hours. Most lasted three or three and a half hours. Nobody had ever sat down with our team members and asked them what they thought, asked them what they thought was going good, asked them what they thought were problems, asked them what they would do to solve those issues, asked them what they would like to see, um, asked them you know, what things that are going on, what opportunities would you like, how, what would you like to do? And because of that, and because of really the fractured leadership at the top, it created this fractured organization. And so we took in all this information, um, had a command staff meeting, you know, made it clear that we were going to speak with one voice. You know, I talk a lot about one voice leadership um, and set an expectation of one voice leadership. We had a department meeting. We, we set out what the issues were, listed those things out, um, set out what some of the solutions were, empowered everybody to be part of the solution. And to create, you know, a work environment. And then we said morale was the number one goal of our new administration. And morale is an easy way for people to understand. They want to be happy. They want to enjoy work. But at the end of the day, it was more than that. What we were going for was engagement, right? What we were going for was create ownership. Ownership being the extreme psychological and emotional connection to the agency, to the team, to the goals, to the values where people do things because it's important to them. And then we sought out to intentionally recognize teamwork. And as we, as we began to recognize teamwork and use the word team and, and require our, our, our leadership to use the word team at least once an hour in their interactions, next thing you know, everybody is using the word team. And so in those situations, you know, we were able to reestablish fairness and consistency. We were able to you know, diminish the feeling of favoritism. We were able to reinstitute the feeling of justice. We were able to connect people to each other. We were able to have people have their grievances aired and, and heard. And through that, within a very short period of time, within a few months, the, the culture of the agency was completely turned around. We had a couple people um, left that we had to get on board. You know, and then we had, we had an issue probably a year, year and a half in where there was a promotion and there was a lot of gossip 
and there was backstabbing and there was just blatant lies. There were people trying to turn people against each other, saying that somebody said something that hadn't been said. And so I went in and spoke with a couple of people in our leadership team and we talked about this. And, and one of them said, well, what are we going to do? I mean, people are going to talk, people are going to gossip, you know, these things are going to happen. And I said, no, absolutely not. We're not going to tolerate this. This is, you know, this is my gun line, right? So, you know, as I talk, let's take a step back, you know, what's a gun line? A gun line is something that you cannot accept. A gun line is something that, that, you know, if you cross this, there has to be accountability. There has to be a conversation. We've got to confront it and it's got to stop. It cannot continue. And so, you know, what, think about that as I'm talking about this, what, what are your gun lines? Like, what are the things for you that are non-negotiable, right? I mean, obviously I think with most people lying is non-negotiable, you know, that's a gun line theft is a non-negotiable, but those are easy things. So two things for me that are my gun lines that are non-negotiable. One is one voice leadership, right? Um, you, you cannot have your, your leadership team, speaking in multiple voices. You can't have them speaking in multiple messages. You can't be moving forward with an initiative and having one of your leadership team like talking it down or undercutting it. And the second one is this whole idea of gossip and backstabbing and speaking with bad intentions. Like that's my gun line. And so as we were talking about this, they're like, you know, what are you going to become the gossip police? And I said, you're damn right. I am. I'm absolutely going to become the gossip police and I'm going to let people know that this is unacceptable. And so I did, I had a one-on-one meeting with, with an officer who's, who's a good officer, who's a good person. And, you know, I was going to confront the behavior. Now, when I say that, okay, when I say that this meeting wasn't confrontational, right? If you confront bad behavior, it doesn't have to be confrontational, right? I did it from a place of good intentions, you know, and I talked to the, the officer and I'll change the officer's name for the purpose of this podcast. And I said, John, I said, look, I want to have a conversation. And I talked about, you know, the good things that John did and the good qualities that John brought to the organization. I said, you know, when there's time of promotions, you know, it's always a tough time because people are competing for a position that's going to come open and, you know, might not be open again for a while. I said, but what we can't have is people making these things more difficult. We can't have people making this a tougher time, you know, and it's come to my attention that, you know, you've said A, B, and C to this person, and you've said D, E, and F to this person. And, you know, that's got to stop. That will not be tolerated here. You know, you're, you know, you're a good guy. You're a good officer. I need you to come on board. And, but if you don't come on board, there's going to be accountability. You know, I'm going to deal with this. You know, and, and honestly, just by handling it straight up with the person who I had a decent relationship with, um, they apologized, you know, they were disappointed in themselves. Um, they took it upon themselves to go make it right. But if this behavior would have been left unchecked, right, all it was going to do is get worse. And then what happens? Like negativity breeds negativity. So this gossip leads to more gossip. And then this person is saying, Hey, did you hear what John said? And then this person is telling it a different way. And the next thing you know, it's not even what John said and you've got a mess. Right. And that was part of the issue that happened, you know, even in the police department leading up to before I became the police chief, you know, when you don't have accountability, that, that, that's a problem. When you don't have clear expectations, that's a problem when, you know, but, but when you have favoritism, when you have a lack of fairness and consistency, that's an, that's an issue of well, as well. And so, you know, John went on to do really good things within the department. 
um, was an excellent police officer, you know, since retired. Um, but you have to address and, and deal with these things head on. I wonder, you know, from your side, as you sit here and, you know, you're listening to this podcast and we're talking about gossip and speaking with, with bad intentions, like what situations you've had, what things have you seen? What, what is it that we're tolerating within the workplace? Because quite frankly, we, we get what we tolerate, you know, and oftentimes, you know, we, we fear having a conversation with somebody, you know, when I spoke with Luis Gun, um, Gonzalez in the fierce conversations thing, or, you know, Brene Brown talks about caring enough to confront, you know, those things, those things can be really, you know, re- really tough for people or overwhelming for people to step into when the truth is they don't have to be right. They don't, they don't have to be. Um, I do quite a bit of consulting and I was working with uh, a new leader and, and there was an issue with one of the leader's team members. I mean, basically it was an issue where the person was pretty self-serving. They didn't believe in the team. They didn't care about the team. They made some statements that were, you know, really against the, the culture of the organization. And as we talked about it, the, the young leader was worried about having this conversation because they were afraid that this person was, wasn't going to like them if, or they would make them mad and it would cause this issue. And, you know, it, it was funny as we walked, as we walked through this, you know, I, I shared something, you know, with this young leader that my, my mentor shared with me in 2008. And, and, and my mentor said, you know, Danny, people respect what's hard and they disrespect what's easy. People know when they're not doing the right thing. And if you tolerate and accept it, you lose their respect and they begin to walk on you and they will walk on you more and more and more. People respect what's hard. People need to be held accountable. And you can, you know, when, when you talk about respect, what's hard and accountability, that doesn't have to be yelling at somebody or chewing somebody out, but it does have to be confronting the situation. So I walked this young leader um, through a little system about how to have a conversation with his team member. And a couple of days later, he called me back and he said, Danny, he said, man, I'm so glad that I talked to you. I, I had a conversation with them. I, I did set the expectation. I did it from a point of, of caring about this team member, about this team member wanting, wanting this team member to accomplish and reach their goals. And it was really well received. And the team member apologized and thanked me for, for saying something about it. And, you know, you know, since I talked to him a couple of days ago, things have been really good between us. You see, and that's, so we've got to nip those things in the, we got to nip those things in the bud. You know, when we talk about other solutions, you know, we've talked about what part of the problem am I? We've talked about the fact we got to go nip it in the bud and we got to do that right away. We got to hold lines of accountability. Uh, we got to have coaching conversations. You know, one of the things I've found, you know, when we have a situation where we're seeing jealousy, envy, when you're starting to see that gossip is when we sit down with somebody and we ask questions and we identify the behavior and we just call the behavior out. Right. Um, and we start asking them questions. We start digging in, we start figuring out what's, what's fueling, you know, this jealousy, this envy, what's creating a situation where now there's a victim mentality. So there's gossip. And a lot of times it's a misunderstanding of what it is that's going on out there. And it's, it's, you got to realign things and, you know, people oftentimes see a situation and automatically go to the worst case scenario, right? And, and automatically adopt that worst case scenario was true. 
And so, and, which I, I did a I did a recording with uh, a good friend of mine, Jen Thornton, and Jen and I were were having a conversation about the neuroscience of leadership, and she talked about this idea that we always go to the primitive brain and we always think about what is the greatest threat. And one of the the questions she uses with people and that I've started to use is what else could it be? You know, and, and you can ask that question several times, right? Like, as I'm talking to this person I refer to as Robert, I'm like, you know, Robert, what else could it be? He says, well, it could be this or this. I go, okay, well, what else could it be? And the next thing you know, we had 15 different things that, that it could have been, right? And we, we took this really negative emotion. He articulated it you know, moved it to his prefrontal, prefrontal cortex, was able to talk about it, to think about it logically, and then walk away from that conversation kind of with his guard down with a different understanding and a positive attitude. We moved him from that victim mindset to a more positive mindset and put him in a position to really go out and go after it. So I really appreciate you guys joining me today, you know, talking about such an important conversation, the, the great destroyers, the great destroyers of teams and cultures, those things are jealousy, envy, gossip, backstabbing, speaking with bad intentions. The, these things are divisive. They're toxic. This negativity breeds negativity, destroys psychological safety, destroys sense of belonging, uh, destroys productivity, destroys relationships. And, you know, we got to stay on top of this as leaders. You know, again, the causes of this, I mean, maybe it just is. We've got a toxic person on the team, but if they haven't been toxic in the past, we need to look at what's going on. You know, is there something we're doing as a leadership team? Is there a sense of injustice, a sense of there's no fairness or consistency? Are there unrealistic or unclear expectations? Is there favoritism going on, you know, or is a person just suffering from low confidence? And so if you've had somebody, again, that, that's been a good team member, and all of a sudden are falling into one of these areas, it's worth taking a look at that and saying, what part of the problem am I? And then when you look at solutions, you know, we do got to nip it in the bud. We do have to have proactive, positive, caring conversations. We do have to reset expectations. We do have to have coaching and, and accountability. And by doing this, we'll eliminate it. And, and, and they'll talk to other people because that's what happens when we have these kind of conversations and it'll become clear that this isn't something that we tolerate in our work environment. So really curious, you know, when this pops on LinkedIn, you know, we'll be having a conversation about these great destroyers all week. And I'm really curious to, you know, see what your experience is. You know, what do you do? How do you handle these situations? What do you see your role? You know, as we talked earlier, what are your gun lines? What are the things that you just can't cross? And, and, and how do you, you know, how do you deal with these really human things in a positive human way that it gets the result because there, there's definitely a way to do that. So thank you for joining me today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. So you never miss another episode, consider giving us a rating and review so we can help reach more people organically. Again, if you're not following us on LinkedIn, please do that. Uh, we've been down a little bit because of the birth of our son, Theo. Uh, and so we haven't been posting as much and the podcast has been on hold, but we're getting ready to go back at it full speed ahead. Hope you have a great day. And remember always, be committed to excellence.